Hello and welcome to the Redefine Instruction webcast series, where we bring a fresh perspective on learning and development with every single episode. Go ahead, grab a cup of coffee or your favorite drink and enjoy a few moments talking about LND with me. Hi, my name is Sandia Lachenbal and I am your host for this series. Subscribe to our webcast or look out for new episodes on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or log on to redefineinstruction.com for the latest trends on L&D. Stories have the ability to convey powerful messages. It is one of the key themes shared between learning and development and advertising. Advertising is one arena which brings out the best in storytelling and brings life to stories. I had the fortunate opportunity to speak with Corey Skubert, who combines the finer aspects of storytelling and podcasts. With a background in journalism, Corey has the ability to capture the essence of a story and present it in a captivating format. Corey is a media communications and public relations senior specialist for Banner Health, one of the largest nonprofit healthcare systems in the country. He has helped the organization highlight stories that further the mission of excellent patient care, leading to prominent media coverage in the Washington Post, the New York Times, People Magazine, and front page articles in the Arizona Republic. Corey also hosts and produces a popular podcast by the name of Bedside Stories, emphasizing emotional storytelling about patients and staff. Prior to his position with Banner, he served as a public affairs editor and media liaison for NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida, including supporting 1,500 media representatives from around the world who covered the return to flight mission after the Space Shuttle Columbia disaster. Skubert was a journalist for Florida Today, USA Today, specializing in human interest stories, breaking news, and crime. He is a recurring guest on national true crime shows, including those on Oxygen, Discovery ID, Court TV, for his coverage of high-profile murder cases in Florida. In this episode, Corey shares the secrets behind uncovering and presenting stories that captivate the audience. He talks about the finer aspects of creating relatable characters, highlighting the appropriate parts of a story, hooking the audience, and much more. You can find a link to his podcast, Bedside Stories, in the show notes. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Corey Skubert. Hi, Corey. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me on this episode of Redefine Instruction. I appreciate you taking the time today. You bet. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really honored to be here. I'm excited. Yes, yes. I'm happy to have uh, you and looking forward to the conversation. Before we dive into this massive topic of storytelling, um, I kind of want to hear about your career journey. Like, how did you how did you choose storytelling to be your niche, essentially? Yeah, I think it chose me. I was just one of these people who, uh, lucky people who knew since I was a little, little kid, exactly what I wanted to do. And that was just to tell stories. I mean, I can remember um, seeing, I think it was my grand, my grandmother that was just looking at a, you know, reading a book and I couldn't understand, you know, at that time how to read or anything, but it just seemed fascinating to me that anybody would sit 
and just, you know, be, be compelled to just, you know, look at this thing for a long period of time. And then she started telling me stories. And so it just, as I was a kid, it just, it was one of those things. I was always drawn to books and movies and storytelling in general. And um, as I grew, I really realized that along with fiction stories that I wrote as a kid, that I also really love to tell true stories. You know, I love to talk to people. Um, I believe that cliche that everybody has a really fascinating story. I think most people have like probably a dozen to two dozen fascinating stories, if not more. And so I just, I love, um, I am an introvert by nature, but the only thing that pulls me out of my shell um, is talking about this topic because I am so passionate about it. Otherwise, uh, I would normally be wildly uncomfortable on camera right now, but I just, I love the topic. So yes, um, yes. yeah, so, so I, you know, I was a journalist um, I had the, um, I never knew, you know, day to day, and I guess I still don't day to day know where um, my day will take me, where my you know career will take me. Um, but I know that it will always revolve in some way or another around, um, you know, sharing other people's stories and then also sharing some of the stories that I have in my head and as cliche as it sounds in my heart. So that's right, right, right. Um, and and you you're in media relations, so that storytelling is essentially what you do day in day out. Um, it's interesting how your your career journey started as a journalist, and and now you're into media relations and marketing. Um, you know, it, it. I think most of us in design have this this winding winding road where we end up, but we end up where we all where we are all meant to be. Um, so I want to dive a little bit into your process of how you design stories and how you how you craft the finished product. Um, what are some of the things that you do in the initial discovery phase? So for in, a, in other words, like how do you determine this story is going to resonate with the audience or this story is not or this aspect of the story is going to resonate with the audience? How do you work backwards from there? So I work, you know, there's, again, try to not to speak in cliches here, but there are some of the cliches work for a reason. And so I'll take that cliche that you write about what you know, okay? And so for, for to take that cliche and then apply it, uh, for me, when it comes to a story, I look at what motivates me as a person, as a human being, what, what can I relate to about this person who is going through this struggle or about this topic that I may know nothing about? You know, what is it about it that I find interesting or compelling or fascinating and then i try to work inward from there um so I, the one thing i try not to do honestly is to think a lot about what will everyone um like about the story or what will make you know everyone care because that's so hard to quantify and it's harder and harder now because we're you know the world is we're so split with you know the different types of media that we go to uh the different types of things that we you know we watch and we like and we prefer so at the end of the day, for me, it comes down to what is it that inspires me about this issue, this topic, this person, and how can I, uh, how can I use that to, you know, make a difference in terms of, you know, making the story mean something to somebody else? Because the more I learn about it, the more it means to me, and then then it becomes something that I want to share with people. Right, right. And, and you mentioned the different um, the different formats that that are out there. So you've got the written, you've got the visual, you've got even visual comes in. It can be just a simple picture that resonates with the audience versus a video that could be a clip of a story. Um, and then there's also the oral, which is which is the podcasting format that we are using right now. Um, how do you give give me a few examples of the different formats that you've used and what what in your experience has been really successful? So 
I love all of it, um, but I would say, um, you know, growing up as a writer in front of a typewriter and then, you know, computer, um, I do love the written word. I love that aspect of things. Um, I love the ability of, you know, written words to convey something in a way that's, I think, especially unique. Um, but I do also, I really love the visual, you know, uh, form of storytelling in terms of, you know, uh, uh, TV or movies or commercials or, you know, whatever, whatever that might be. Um, in the last uh, probably two to three years, um, I've kind of um, taken a dive into podcasting and I found that I really like that quite a bit too. It's this really unique marriage of um, the, you know, the written word because there's some narration involved and then uh, being able to, you know, hear people's voices. It's that old, that old sort of like almost old, like radio program style that I, I really like. Yes. Um, so I, I think there's a place for all of it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So uh, how do you match the correct format with the correct story? I mean, I, you know, I, I've, I've heard some of your podcasts and, and I think the biggest challenge that we face in learning and development is that we've been only given a certain time period to present our story, right? With whether that if you're talking about ads, it's less than a minute most of the time. Uh, podcasting is generally around the 15, 20 sweet spot, the 15, 20 minutes. Um, and then, you know, of course, there's there's an even shorter time frame when it comes to representing a, it through a picture. Um, how do you match the correct format or the correct story and the format together? I think when you look at whatever, whatever it is that you're trying to convey about a topic or a person, um, trying to think of an example, let's just say, um, gosh, off the top of my head, let's say uh, a, a group of people, a team of scientists that are working on uh, building some unique, uh, they're doing some unique cutting edge research, okay? So I think to take a, uh, to take that, I think you have to boil it down to the essence, uh, you know, given your what you have to work with. So let's just say your organization wants to tell this across multiple platforms. We wanna make a uh, commercial, we wanna make, you know, um, a video that'll play on social media. We want to make a podcast, you know, so you, you, a podcast. So you look at all of these, um, all of these aspects to tell the story. And then you look, what's the essence of the story that we're trying to tell? So then you have the conversation and you go, how do we, what's the best way to do this? Do we tell, you know, one story um, about these scientists and what they're doing and just, you know, try to find different ways to, you know, use the audio, the same, the same audio for, you know, a commercial and, and just, you know, sort of use that, the essence of that. Or do we really take the time if we have the ability to dive into, let's make this like a multiple series of stories. Maybe we take this one scientist who has, you know, she has a particularly inspiring story. She's one of five on this team, but like her story is amazing. So maybe she fits for the podcast because we can hear the inflection in her voice we can hear, you know, the nuances of, you know, what, what, what are her, you know, what's her story. And that could mean something to that audience because there's a certain audience that tends to be drawn to podcasts versus, you know, something else. So then you go, okay, well, we have a 30 second commercial we have to do. All right, well, let's, you know, let's look at that. What's the best way to tell that story. So I think a lot of times it comes down to me to look at what's the essence of what we're trying to convey. And then based on the format that we're trying to convey it in, what's the best way to take that essence and really, you know, convey, you know, convey it in a way that boils it really boils it down. Or if you have a podcast or a longer form, you know, 15 to 20 minutes, then you can really deep dive into different aspects of it. So um, I think for me, it's just looking at what is it that's the most compelling. And in a lot of cases, it might be a dozen things. I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, again, people are fascinating and topics are fascinating. So 
the more you look at it, you go, wow, we've got all this stuff to choose from. And that's when it gets really exciting because you might go, well, we have 30 seconds and we have 10 ideas mm -hmm. and that's really cool. You know, that feeling I think is, is especially exciting for, for, for me. Right, right. It can also be overwhelming to somebody who's completely novice to the to the idea of storytelling or putting a story together. And there's a lot that goes into crafting a story. Um, I'll st I, I would love to kind of peel the curtain behind and look at what goes into it, because, you know, unlike telling stories to a little child where you can just make it up as you go, there's a lot that goes into designing it for media relations, for learning and development or, or whatever. You know, there's there's a particular purpose that you're trying to achieve with it. And I know that there are four P's that they're ge that generally go into crafting every story, the people, the plot, um, the purpose and the place. Now, do you do you kind of strategically think about those four aspects when you're designing your stories? Well, that's a good question. Um, you know, gosh, I do. I mean, I think the people are especially important. That's the one thing I think, you know, we're all human and we need to be reminded of that from time to time, myself included. It's really easy. You figure every day we're hit with so much noise just as, as you know, as humans, as consumers, you know, it's hard to hold someone's attention for 30 seconds, you know, at this point, right. because we're constantly barraged by stuff. So um, the way that I kind of will look at it, um, maybe a different, slightly different way to answer your question would be, um, I try to look at what, again, coming back to that, what is it that inspires me? And so one thing that I have found is that the bigger the topic, the more narrow your focus should be to start with from the creative process. So for example, like, let's say it's, you're taking NASA and you're taking, um, you know, uh, you're going to, you know, there's a new spacecraft that's going to take people to the moon. Um, you know, that's a big topic. And so, you know, you're, you're almost overwhelmed by the, the ways that, and so for me, a way to start that creatively would be, okay, let's, let's take the smallest focus. And I mean, right down, I'll give me a perfect, a, a great example would be down to not just the astronauts, um, but, a little detail about the astronaut. So like, you know, um, a great example would be an astronaut who is, this is gonna be her first uh, first time on the spacecraft, first time going to the moon. Um, you can talk about that with her, but but let's take it even finer down to a detail of, is she going, like, is she married? Is she going to take her wedding ring on the shuttle, right? And then, you know, those kinds of things. So try to find that, like that poetic detail. Sometimes, you know, if you think about like, again, taking talking about the big, topics, right? And the, to narrow those down, you think about like a disaster movie, we've all seen a million of them with The Rock and all this other stuff. You know, they they tend to not just be like a series of disasters, you need a family, you need a person that you can care about or people that you can care about first for that disaster to make any difference for the viewer. Otherwise, it's just carnage and it doesn't mean anything. So again, the bigger the topic, the smaller the focus, at least to start with creatively. Um, and then the by the by the same thing, it would be the smaller the topic, the larger the focus. So because if you have this one little tiny thing that you're trying to tell people about, and you know that most people are just constantly barraged by information, then how can I make that as dramatic, you know, while being true, I mean, you know, not saying make it melodramatic or overblown, but how can I take this little tiny thing, this tiny detail, and make it super compelling and make people care about it, which is also a challenge. But again, I, to me, I, that's an exciting challenge. Um, and I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head and sort of blanking, but it might be something to the effect of, 
Uh, geez, uh, maybe you're maybe you're a book publisher. Uh, I'm looking around my, you know, I've got right. a stack of books here. Maybe you're a book publisher and you're publishing this tiny little pamphlet, and it comes down to how do we tell people that this pamphlet is worth buying versus and it, probably a terrible example, but how do we tell people that that's worth buying versus you know the millions of other things that they can get online? So how do you take that little tiny, you know, that little tiny, uh, you know, handful of papers and make it and make people really want to make that special for them? You know, right. and so. Um, again, probably a bad example, but hopefully kind of conveys what I'm No, I, I don't think it's a bad example. Actually, you know, what has intrigued me is that, you know, the, the print media and how people convey an entire story through that print media. And that could be a brochure. It could be just as simple as a picture that's displayed. And it, it, it's like, um, I remember the, the ink blot test that that they do in psychology you know where they where they would take an ink uh, and, and kind of basically scatter it over paper and then present it to people and see what do you see in it and some people might see a butterfly some people might see a monster right so you know there that that's where the print media comes in and it has really intrigued me on how people who craft these stories how do they determine which visual element to pick um like for instance if you're looking at a landscape how, what made you pick a river versus a mountain or which you know like which edge of the river what what um colors needed to be highlighted more versus which were the uh, you know which ones need to be downplayed or what what time of day was this picture taken and how did the person who was who was trying to do this visual storytelling through a picture or a brochure, how did they know which part of this element is going to resonate, right? So, um, and even with the brochure, right? What do you, it's not just the, the words that you put on it, it's the color that, put, that you put on it that kind of draws the eye towards which print to read first. What what kind of thought process goes into through you when you're putting these different visual elements together, different print things like the typo the typography that comes into it, the visual, the colors, and everything? What goes on in your head when you're crafting that story for the brochure or the picture? So I think for for me and and the, the work that I've had a lot of fun doing, again, it comes down to trying to convey something that means something to me. It's personal to me and it could literally be telling someone else's story but it's personal to me so what i'm trying to convey is so let's say i go interview a, a, a person um you know as an example and they make me feel a certain way hearing their story hearing what they've gone through i feel a certain way as, as a human being right not just as a writer or a marketing guy or anything just as a human being as an, an empathic person empathetic person i feel a certain way talking to them so again it it for me what it comes down to is they made me feel a certain way or this topic made me feel a certain way now how do i take that and how do i help people feel the same way so there's a lot of those choices especially in the visuals whether it's you know describing something if that's the first visual i want to lead with that's the first visual it might not have been the first thing i saw when i interviewed them it might have been the last thing we talked about you know whatever but it was that's the one that hit home to me and um yeah. So for me, that's a lot of, that is a lot of what it is, um, is, is that, so you know, what you were describing, which I think is a, is a great question. And I'm still trying to figure the answer out myself after, you know, many years of, of sto telling stories is how do you choose one, you know, one detail over another, or what's, you know, how do you choose this starting point or this picture when you have all these other things to choose from? And I'm going to say something that's really, it's going to sound really silly. Um, but 
I, I just happened the other day to watch the Terminator. And so, so bear with me if you will, but it's sort of like, um, I noticed the Terminator has like this weird vision when he's scanning the crowd at one point and he's looking for the person that he's trying to seek out. And so it's, again, I know this is really silly and my wife would laugh if she heard me say this, but it's a combination to me, and, and this is where my reporter coming out. It's a combination to me when you're, when you're thinking about it, it's a story of a combination between the Terminator and a poet because you're scanning this whole thing. You don't want to miss any details. And at the same time, you have to think like a poet does, what's the most evocative detail in this scene? And so, you know, you don't want to miss anything. You want to see all of it, you know, like um, Terminator vision, you know, but you're not thinking like the Terminator. You want to think like, like a poet, like a person who's um, a, uh, like really tapped into their feelings, their emotions. And right off the bat, you know, you think, what are those top three, four five things I see that resonate with me? And then from there, you start looking at, okay, are any of those a good way to enter this story? Or is there, is this a detail that might fit later in the story? And when I say story, I mean, it could be the picture, you know, that you're talking about, or it could be the video, or it could be the podcast, you know, whatever, um, you know, story doesn't just have to mean that, you know, like fiction, obviously. Um, so you think, you know, where do these pieces fit? These are the top five, three to five things that resonate with me. Um, and if they resonate with me, survey says they're going to resonate with other people too, mm -hmm. you know? And I think what is really special about that is that you as a storyteller get to be the person that chooses those details to help tell someone else's story in some cases or your own or, you know, or the story that's in your head or the story that your company's trying to tell. Right. So that's kind of how I look at it is what are those, you know, scan the room, Terminator style. And then what are those things that, you know, really resonate? I know that's super stupid, but that that's... it's, it's probably, it comes naturally to you for those of who, of us who are, who are novice. I, I think it's, it's a little more deliberate process. And that's, yeah. that's, that's my my motive behind having this conversation with you is to see what happens in in what's the process in your head which comes so naturally to you but uh, you know those of us who are just getting into the field we have to be strategic and and process oriented till we naturalize the 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 concept that you have um, so i know there are various techniques of or various styles of storytelling and one of them is documentary style and i i think when i think of documentary style i think of national geographic but what are some of the other styles of storytelling and can you describe them briefly for me uh, you say that. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, so, so documentary style storytelling, right? So, for example, Ge National Geographic does. Um, you know, let's say they're making a documentary on um, the rainforest or a particular animal, right? Where it's all very factual. It's very fact-based, right? That's one type of storytelling. I know there are other styles of storytelling and I don't even know what they are. So I'm wondering if you can share some of the styles of storytelling um, and describe them briefly. Oh gosh, okay. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to answer your question exactly what you're looking for, but I'll try. Um, you have more of a you have the journalistic style, then you have more of a narrative style, which is a kind of a combination of um, just telling the story like, you know, A, B, C, D, E, like very, you know, dry, yeah, very dry reporting style. This happened, this happened, then this happened. There's a time and a place for that, obviously, for that kind of storytelling. Uh, but then there's the kind that takes all these things that happened and then 
finds a way to bring up, bring to life some details and some meaning behind them, meaning that you craft or that, you know, that, that the people that you interview craft, or if it's just something that you're, you know, if it's like a topic that your company is trying to, to you know, to tell, it could be, um, you know, these different um, bullet points that your company wants to include. And you find a way to weave those into that story to make it meaningful. Um, so yeah, you have, you have the documentary style that's the traditional style. And then you have um, all these ways that you could be a bit more, I'd say creative while also being entire, again, entirely true to, you know, to, to, to what happens to real life. I mean, uh, I don't know if that's a, if that's the right answer or not for, for what you're looking for. No, no. I'm just curious what, what's out there. Like what are some of the different, like we tend to stick to in, in learning and development, we tend to stick, or at least the stereotypical perspective is the, the scenario based learning, right? Where you present a scenario and you have Q and A after that. Um, documentary style is obviously very, very different from that where you're just presenting factual stories, right? And then you talked about the journalist, journalistic perspective, the narrative perspective where it's more chronological, but there's also the human element in it, or it's just a timeline, right? Where you go from beginning to end. So I'm, I'm just wondering if there are other styles of present presentation out there, which we as learning de development professionals are not aware of. So I think okay, I, I appreciate that, and thanks for bearing with me. I'm a little slow on slow on that one. That's on my end. Um, so I think what might be helpful is you know for me one thing that I learned as a journalist, I've applied to every single type of storytelling that I've come across since then, and that's um, the first five paragraphs, and that's essentially the the idea that most readers most people are not going to stick around to read past the fifth paragraph. And you can even whittle that down nowadays. That was probably 15 years ago. You could probably whittle that down to at least three paragraphs now, because again, we're constantly hit with by this barrage of information and, you know, and that kind of thing. So um, it's the idea that no matter what kind of story you're trying to tell, um, whether it's documentary or, or a question that you're trying to, you know, you mentioned the question and answer thing. If let's just say, for example, you're trying to come up with a little couple sentence or a couple paragraph blurb to show um, someone why they should care about learning this, this topic, right? Um, it comes down to that journalistic style of you have to grab the reader or the consumer, you know, however, you, whether it's a reader or a viewer or whatever, you have to grab them right away. And if you don't, you're going to lose them and, the, and they're gone. They're not coming back. So um, that's what's really been especially exciting for me that I've carried from my time as a journalist is the idea that what we call the lead um, in, in journalism is, you know, you can't, again, the cliche, you don't bury the lead. You have to come right in with something especially fascinating, especially interesting. So um, if I could, the way, the way that I sort of enter, enter those um, challenges for every story is to ask a series of questions to myself. And I always start with the strangest one, which is what's the worst way to tell this story? Or actually maybe a better way to phrase it would be, what's the most dangerous way to tell the story? So I'll give you an I'll give you an example. Let's just say that you are um, you're designing a video to um, with a short little you have like a minute to two minutes to try to hook someone in, and you have to they absolutely have to learn this thing. If they don't learn it, like the company is is gonna go under. Let's just say they will simplify it. You have to teach them to hit a button, okay, every morning, and if they don't hit that button. Uh, the room's going to go up in flames. Okay, let's just say, again, probably as terrible. As drastic as that. Mm -hmm. But let's, let's just roll with it, okay? Mm -hmm. So what would be the most, here would be my question as a storyteller that I pose myself as I try to think of how do I get people 
to learn this? How do I get them to stick around and pay attention to learn this and not just, you know, fast forward to the end and take a guess, right? And so to me, the most dangerous question, uh, sorry, the most dangerous way to tell that story would be to tell people not to touch that button, right? right. So once you start with that, then you, you already know, okay, as long as I don't do that, I'm okay. And then you start going into, okay, so again, a little bit creative, you go, well, could I play around with that a little bit? So could I maybe dare them, you know, not you know, not to touch, could I come up with a way that right off the bat hooks them in a, in a way that is going to catch them off guard? Because sometimes that's all you have to do is just catch someone off guard and they go, wait a minute, did he say that? Did she say that? Mm-hmm. You know, and then, and then you can follow up with, you know, so again, it could be something as simple and I'm just, again, brainstorming out loud. It could be something as simple as, um, you know, taking that example, you know, playing around with a little bit, bouncing the ideas creatively off somebody else and you go, okay, am I too far off, you know, off, off, off the wall here? If I try this approach, like, is this going to be awful? Obviously you want to talk to other people about it if you're not sure. But again, sometimes from a starting point, I'll ask myself, what's the most, what's the, the most dangerous way I could tell us what's the worst way I could tell the story. If that, if right off the bat, that doesn't give you any creative ideas, which sometimes it does for me, strangely enough, because again, I want to hook them, you know, I want to hook somebody. So if that doesn't work, then I think about what's, the, what's the part of this wait, What, how can I tell this story in a way that's going to resonate the way it would with me? Um, and so then you go from there as to, you know, diving a little bit deeper, um, I think I just rambled on a little bit, but hopefully. No, I, I think you. What you're trying to say is hook them, like grab their attention, get the hook. Once you've hooked them and got their attention right where you needed to be, then present the the facts or the the learning objectives or the or the meat of the matter. So the idea is that you're. Most of us are multitasking at any given point in time, or at least have attention in several places. And and if you can't grab their attention, you've lost the audience completely. So that's a very important concept of storytelling is to hook the reader or the, you know, the, the person who's watching the video, the viewer immediately within a first couple seconds. If, if, if I can share some research in, in L and D, we say the attention span today is that of a goldfish, which is nine seconds. So if you can't grab it in the first nine seconds, you've lost the person altogether. So, um, I'm gonna, uh, I know that you've, you've come across, um, come across the story that, um, in the Tampa Bay times, and you talked about grab grabbing attention. Um, tell me how, so there's a story that, that is, has been published in the Tampa Bay times. It's by the title of angels and demons. They craft the creative element very strategically in the first paragraph, first five paragraphs. Tell me about how do they, they strategically grab the attention of the reader? Yeah. So it's a true crime story essentially. And um, one of the things that I think you get right off the bat that with that story that you don't get anywhere else real quick, coming back to what I mentioned earlier, that's another question I will ask myself in trying to come up with something is what's the way to tell this story that no one else would think of, or that um, hasn't been done before. That's a really big one too. That's way up there in the top three or four, by the way, Mm -hmm. of questions I'll ask myself off the bat. So coming back to that, the, the angels and demons story, that's a fascinating example because to me, because um, we all know true crime stories. I'm a big true crime guy. And so true crime stories all have this sort of format. Um, and that one is particularly different because right out of the right out of the gate, it starts out talking about two of the key people in that story, which are actually not even the victim or the murderer, but it's the investigators that are trying to solve that. 
And one of the characters that you learn right off the bat believes he, he's he's assigned to investigate this. And he is a, he's a, a cop who literally believes in angels and demons. He believes that they are there are forces of good and forces of evil that are literal things and that are pushing and pulling us every day. And so to me, that just captured me. Was, I've never heard this kind of, you know, that kind of a, a story, a true, you know, a true crime story to start that way, where I'm like, I want to find out more about this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that to me is a fascinating way to start that. And that's a long, um, really great, long piece. But, you know, to set up something that, you know, you're going to want people to really sit back, dive into. That's, a, to me, a great example of a way to start that, where you're like, I want to learn more about these guys. And then you suddenly, you know, start to find they, every time they introduce a new character, you go, oh, I want to learn more about this person, too. That's interesting. You know, so it's it's like a bit of a puzzle. But every time you get to something new, it just draws you in further and further. And then before you know it, you're like, well, there went three hours. I just spent reading the story. Right, uh, right. Um it sounds like there are pieces of mystery that are thrown in there, which I, I'm a big mystery novel reader. So, I, you know, that would draw me in completely. Um, let's talk about something as dry as the cars and the vehicles that were left behind after people lost their lives in 9-11. And, and that can be a very dry concept to cover. But um, there was a story that was covered on the vehicles left behind. Can you tell me how they brought a creative aspect out of something that would have been a completely dry topic? Yeah, so that that that's a, that's a, another one that I think that is a a really good example. Um, you know, so during 9-11, there were, uh, a, you know, a million opportunities to tell the enormity of this story that was happening and and to, to take it down to you know focus on each victim and their family and this, this that story just goes on and on and on um the ways to tell it but a reporter and i think it was a business reporter um you know decided how do we how do we tell an angle of this story that might not otherwise be covered and so they creatively came up with the concept of well, what about all the vehicles left behind by the people who died Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they're, they're, uh, depending on how you want to look at it, if you take the poetic aspect, you know, that we talked about earlier, if you sc- sort of scan that idea and take what's the poetry in that it's haunting when you think about all these vehicles that have, you know, in some cases, rubble and ash and, you know, uh, you know, uh, any number of, you know, evocative, you know, images that you can convey, whether it's with a photo or, or audio or, or words. Um, and, you know, they took that particular story from a business aspect because I think it was a business publication and they focused on, you know, what did that mean at the time? I think it was, what did it mean for the automobile industry or something to that effect? I can't quite remember, but um, to me, that was a really interesting idea. I can tell you something that happened to me as a reporter that sort of fits a similar situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I was assigned to go cover uh, uh, a case in which um, two people uh, were hit by a train. They had actually the, 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 uh, the, the, the railroad crossing um, arms had come down and they just, they thought that they could make it in time to get through and that they didn't in the oh, train wow. car. And so I found out about this story very late in the day. Um, and it had happened that early in the morning and the, all the local TV stations had covered it already. And I was really stuck to try to find um, some detail or something that would be evocative enough to make a difference for the next day's newspaper when the story was already you know covered. So um, I went to, and I asked myself, um, you know, how do I tell the story in a way that hasn't been told? What's something that the rest of the people might not have thought to do, um, which was a challenge. And so um, what I decided to do, because a lot of people had gone to the family's house to try to interview the, you know, the family and, and that kind of thing, 
um, I decided to go to the site where it happened and then to walk down the railroad track a little bit and to try to just find some other pieces of the car that might not have been picked up and to describe them as the lead into the story, uh, at least to give it a shot. Mm -hmm. And what happened was I got there and there were um, there was a, a man and a woman down there picking up the pieces. And so I walked over, introduced myself and started talking to them. And it turns out that they were the parents of one of the people who were uh, who were killed. And so, you know, that turned into a detail in that story. And that's how the lead into it was the, the idea that, you know, here introduced the fact that this father was picking up the pieces of the car and that's all he could now hold instead of, you know, his son. Wow. Um, so, you know, those deep, you know, coming back to the idea that those details um, resonate and they matter. And that one little detail that you choose um, can say as much as you need to um, emotionally about that story to keep people reading more, you know? And yeah, so hopefully that helps to answer a little bit. Yes, yes. I, I think it also speaks on uh, volumes about who you choose, which angle, which character, which perspective you choose to set tell, tell the story from. And I just keep going back to that clean Cleveland Clinic video, which I've watched a dozen times. And every time it just gives me goose flesh. Yeah. I, I always wonder, and I'll put that in the links of the podcast. I always wonder when somebody was crafting that video, what made them choose the patients that they chose or the doctors that they chose and what what made them them think about the angle of you know okay this is this is a sad perspective versus this is a happy perspective it there must have been um it's a five minute video but i'm sure there's a lot of thought that went into you know this person is towards the end of his life and he's what's going on in his brain and all that to convey in the end if we put our, ourselves in the shoes of the other person would our approach with which would our conversation be completely different um so you know you brought up the the aspect of humanizing a lot of things one of the things that that nasa does is humanizes large concepts and focuses on a small aspect of something like a spacecraft going to mars um you've had experience with some of that can you share some of your experience on how they take a huge topic and i know you died you talked referred to it earlier but how do they take something as huge as going to mars and humanize it what what elements do they pull out to focus on that small concept yeah i think it comes back to again taking that's a really those are all really big concepts and then how you take it down to the tiniest one and uh, you know to the microcosm the tiniest thing so um like you know and i'm, I'm really dating myself here when i say this but like you know, um, i was there for some launching of the space shuttle program before they stopped you know launching shuttles and so, so we would try to find ways to tell the story of, you know, obviously this, the shuttle is massive. So, and they're, they're designing it and they, they put, they actually stack it inside of a building that's so big, it literally has to get clouds inside the building. Um, so, you know, finding ways to tell those stories, again, diving deep into ways that make people care. I mean, sometimes you look at um, the, who are the people that are sort of forgotten in this journey of this, you know, the space shuttle going out to, you know, being taken from. So like, for example, one, one story we would always cover, you cover this covered in stages So you, you know, okay, this week we're today, the next two days, we're stacking the space shuttle on top of the rocket boosters, for example. And then in another two days, we're going to roll it out to the launch pad, which is a long laborious process with this gigantic like crawler that they, they put it on top of, and it just goes like two miles an hour out to the launch pad. So it takes a long time. And, you know, it's like majestic and super boring at the same time. 
And so, you know, you tell those same stories, a day, uh, you know, every time you launch and after a while, people, especially people who live there, they go, yeah, all right, got it. You know, they're rolling out again. They're going to launch it. Big deal. So like, how do you make people care? And then it becomes down to, well, what if we focus on the guy who oils the, you know, like those crazy treads in the, the, you know, the, um, the crawler that they, they stack the shuttle on and it crawls slowly out to the launch pad. So like, what if we focus on somebody who never gets any like any publicity or any coverage and how do we tell his story like what does it mean to him you know like waking up in the morning and you go in and you have this one little tiny role in this gigantic process like but what does that mean is that role important probably is like somebody's got to do it and so you know you start looking at okay well if that's not if that example that job for example isn't the right fit what of what would be the right fit and then think about the symbolism behind it you know how do we okay so we have this cool idea then like what what would it mean symbolically is it his first time ever doing that and then you start deep diving into that person like is it um is this like a really momentous occasion for him has he like is this his whole like one of the biggest moments of his life because that's super cool you know maybe it doesn't mean much to the average person that's done this you know a million times that works there but like what does it mean for the for that one person who that's that's their moment to shine and so a lot of times i think it comes down to in terms of those those decisions that you make it comes down to again, like what does it mean to to each of those people? You know that Cleveland Clinic video that you mentioned was a great example. You know, you you talk to those, you know, each of those people. You find out, you know, what what are they going through at that moment, and then how do you convey that in just a few words to the viewer in a way that makes them care? You know, and again, it comes down to what well, what makes you care as a storyteller? Like when you hear it, how does it make you feel? And then if it makes you feel a certain way, then you know, survey says other people are going to feel the same way because we're all human. I mean, we're all, we're all here on the same spinning rock. I mean, we probably feel roughly the same way, you know, you know, there are days we don't want to get out of bed in the morning and there are days we do. And so like, how do you, you know, how do you make, you know, those moments really special when they are special for other people? You know, how do you find those? The symbolism stuff I think is especially important um, for me in any story is the more time you spend and you learn about it, then, you, you know, you're, you get to a point where you go, I think I know how I want to share this with people. Now let's see if we can go even a little bit deeper and find out what is there an extra meaning behind it? Is it, you know, a lot of times when I talk to people, if I'm doing a story about it, I'll ask them, you have any big milestones coming up? And then almost inevitably, because we all do, right. like almost inevitably, somebody will say, well, yeah, you know, my daughter's going to celebrate, you know, or it's my son's first graduation. And if you're writing a story about someone who, uh, you know, they're, gosh, like, let's say you're writing a story about someone who is just about to, you know, beat cancer, for example, that son's graduation is, a, is an even bigger deal to them. That's a milestone. Right. So maybe that's an entry point to the story is to talk about how they're going to feel when they hit that moment, you know. Um, so anyway, that, yeah, I think, I think all those little details matter. Right, right. Um, would you use a video or print to highlight characters or, or visual elements or presentation style. I, I, this kind of goes back to your crafting perspective. Like, I mean, I guess, do, do you use one more to your advantage versus another, like when you're crafting a story? Do you, you know, like, do you folk, how do you, 
let I'm, I'm having a hard time putting this into words but you know how do you determine this character needs more time versus this character mm -hmm. or is this going to be a single character story or is it only going to be talking about okay in this big landscape i'm only going to be talking about this river that goes from here to here um how do you decide what needs more time more attention versus another element in the story you bet. I think um, an easy way to do it would be to look at your five senses, uh, because I think the more you can talk about the different senses, uh, whether it's, you know, a, a podcast or even the three, four paragraph thing that you're writing as a, you know, uh, whatever it is, I think um, building, you know, bringing viewers or listeners in via the senses is really important because that it puts them in that moment. And so the way that it, sometimes I will try to choose things would be I look at what what is the easiest um, detail here that I can um, I can bring people in via one or another some some sensation whether it's a sight or a sound you know if you're interviewing someone who's blind then the sound is going to be you know really important because it's important to them you know right. so it's that's an easy one and so sometimes it comes down to um, you know, finding those details. And if it's a really easy, if it's, if it's, if you're dealing with something that's extremely visual, then that's, that's super easy. You're just going to focus on the most visual aspects until you feel like you reach that point where you're like, okay, I think this is a little overboard. Now I've talked about this, you know, a little bit much. Let me move on to the next thing. So it's a bit organic. Um, but again, it also comes down to you as a, yourself, as a listener or a viewer yourself, you know, you hit that point where you go, I think I've, I think I've got, you know, I think I've got enough of this thing that I need. Let's move on to the next. Right, right. Okay, I, I'm. I know I've I've picked your your brain apart at this point and asked about all different aspects of storytelling, but I want to wrap up with um, a, a scenario. So you know, a lot of us um, in learning and development craft cust customer journeys, um, and and they are sort of um the beginning to end of any product any any process that we are designing so for example um fedex or somebody something like ups or usps they work around the clock to deliver um packages during christmas time and if i was crafting a story around that um or if you were crafting a story around that how would you approach it how would you represent the whole journey from beginning to end and the value proposition that FedEx or USPS works around the clock without saying it in those words. So let's take FedEx. I think, you know, obviously, or, or UPS, either one, you're dealing with speed and, you know, fast delivery, safe delivery, and um, delivery that's going to be important. I mean, you're getting it delivered to your door because you need it and you don't want to get in the car and drive out and get it. So you want somebody to bring it to you. It must be especially important. So I think, again, that's a huge concept. So taking it down to the finest, what's the tiniest detail we could tell that? So off the top of my head, it would be something like um, it's Christmas. Um, a dad is in the middle of trying to put uh, some big toy together that he's going to surprise his kid with. And he realizes it didn't come with a battery and he's all out of batteries. And so it's the story of the battery or more likely would be the story of you know, the, the assembly line, the people who are finding the battery that's needed, you know, maybe it's whoever's taking the order online and then they, how do they, you know, real quick, get the message to whoever's going to be pulling it off the shelf in this giant warehouse, you know, showing each of these things as a one or two second thing, if it's a commercial or, or whatever, and, you know, taking that to, you know, they, they're carefully packaging it, but very quickly putting it in, you know, whatever little box, you know, get it out the door, the delivery driver, all those different touch points to show that each time, 
It's fast. They're real people. You know, a very you want a very diverse group of people for something like that because you want to show that these are people who are working together from all walks of life, um, and it's all you, know, you show that the care that they all put into it, they're proud of it, um, of being able to deliver this service. And then you know, it gets again. What's the story that we're telling? Is that this this again? This parent needs this little piece. It's a little piece, but it's really important. And then they get it, you know, delivered to the door, and you see the you know the the father get it really quickly, and he you know puts it in, and maybe the last shot off the top of my head would be. You know, he clicks it into place and then the toy comes to life right. and then he you know, sets it under the tree or what gets it ready, starts wrapping it, whatever. Um, so taking, you know, again, you can't I would say like you, you can't let yourself be overwhelmed by the immensity of what you're trying to convey. You have to look at how do I convey this in a, in a simple, clear, concise way that is meaningful and the tiny details matter, you know, I mean, that's, that's an example. Like that's, it, it matters, you know, those little tiny things. It's, it's sort of like, if you think about it, it's sort of like comedy, like the best comedians are the ones that say the joke where you go, yeah, you're right. That is the case. Like, you know, you're like, yeah, it's the little things that we all relate to that we can, you know, that's the stuff that brings us together, you know? Right. And so it's looking at a big concept and going, okay, what's, what is it about this that, means something to to me and or means something to somebody I know because if it does it's probably going to mean something to everybody right right I love how you humanized the story because you you took snippets from somebody's living room during Christmas and then you know you go through these different touch points but you have the human element on how these different people have touched this product which is now going to reach and make and be meaningful for this little child um, and, and you've you know and, and then it makes me think about about the time of day that you would choose to film these people right so a lot of our delivery people um, the trucks that come to us they start at 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. in the morning putting these packages in their truck just to make sure that it gets delivered to us whether it's at 10 a.m or noon but you know they are putting all of their effort and and you know just taking segments out of their life and humanizing and making it meaningful and constructing that into a whole big story in a chronological order conveys the message that you know fedex is just more than one delivery service there's a lot that happens in the background um corey thank you so much for sharing your expertise this evening i really appreciate you talking about the craft of short storytelling and sharing examples um i have really enjoyed this conversation you too it's been great i really appreciate the opportunity thank you for listening to the redefine instruction webcast series we welcome feedback. Leave a comment or question on any of our social media pages. We look forward to hearing from you. Until then, stay tuned for the next episode.